Hello and welcome. You are listening to Sophie on River Radio, the Let's Put Talk Business show. On today's show, I'm pleased to have the fantastic Fiona Johnson join me, a PR consultant who helps small business owners create great reputation across the Thames Valley through PR-led communications. Not only is Fiona an amazing small business owner, but she's also going to be joining myself and Lindsay Wright as a co-host on the Let's Talk Business show. Um, so Fiona, good afternoon. Welcome. Good afternoon, Sophie. It's lovely to be here. Oh, it's amazing to have you. Thank you. Um, so on today's show, we're going to be finding out a bit more about Fiona and her business journey, um, debating some of the challenges faced by small business owners today. Plus, we've got some great music and podcast choices for you. Um, so Fiona, welcome. How's your week been? Um, it's been good, actually. It's really, uh, really nice. It's just um, momentum's gathering. Things are busy. We're all back out in the world again, aren't we? And um, it's beginning to feel quite normal, if I can say that. Excellent. I I didn't think you were going to say normal there. I thought you were going to say like Christmas. And I was like, oh, it might be a bit early for the Christmas word. Not allowed to say that yet. (laughs) Excellent. So, Fiona, what's the name of your business? Where are you based? So I'm actually based in Basingstoke, but I cover quite a wide area. So Thames Valley and beyond. Um, My business is called Fiona Johnson. Yeah. um, And... um, for example, I mean, things like when we were working in lockdown, because everything went online, I actually uh, worked with some international clients too. So, um, you know, Basingstoke and the Thames Valley is is a very good place to be. We're nice and central, aren't we? <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, no, definitely. And obviously proximity to London as well is is awesome. So so what kind of things do you do for, um, for your for your clients, for those people out there who might not maybe maybe understand PR, obviously the world of marketing is quite diverse. There's all sorts of different areas that you can you can work within marketing and, and require lots of different skills. So how, how would you define PR and, and what does that look like? It's a very good question because you're right, public relations PR comes under the marketing umbrella and it's a huge, huge topic and there are so many different elements to marketing. Um, and public relations has changed a lot over the years. You've got from the original, um, well, I'm just thinking of, of ad fab, you know, if you've got <laughs> that, that going on in the background. But it's now obviously um, much more digital and online and you know, the media is, is vast, the, the scope of um, what you can do with the media there. But really public relations is um, about reputation building. I actually call myself a reputation builder because that's what I help businesses do because it's all about that public image that public perception it's what people um, not only read about you and and see and but it's what they think and what they feel as well it's very very important and I've actually got a background in marketing and branding and public relations so I bring those together and I feel that the sort of yes what you feel about a business um, you can't measure it but it's so critical mm. and that's why I call it reputation building but it is through public relations-led communications. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that that is, um, I mean, I, I think we're going to come on a bit later to talk about some of the trends that are coming up for 2022 and that kind of perception, that feeling about about a brand. So why do you why do you choose to purchase with one supermarket brand over another, for example? That emotive connection is okay. so important. And obviously there are an element of, of more tangible, trackable things that you can use to assess that. But the, the PR really does come into play to create that emotional connection. Absolutely. So I can... I can certainly see see how that would work. So what what sort of clients would you typically work with and what kind of how would you manage that and create that kind of emotional connection, I guess? What what kind of things do you do um to help 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 support brands in, in achieving that? Well one of the first things we'd look at is actually what sits behind the brand. 
because um, a lot of businesses have been going for a little while, or typically I find I work with businesses that have been going for a while, and they've got a brand and it's strong, but it's not quite strong enough. And mm-hmm. maybe they've changed direction from where they've started. Um, and it's it's too obvious to say this, but it does really happen that actually, if you look at someone's website, it really doesn't represent who they are and where they've come and who they are today. So it's a matter of sort of taking that step back and looking at the, the bigger picture and what's behind the brand. So what's influencing what, the, their decisions um, what are their products? Have they changed? What are their values? What really importantly, what is their messaging? Who are they speaking to? What's the mm. audience? You know, it's it's one of those things we all think we know our audience, but actually audiences change. Mm. Um, just you know, just look at us and look at how we've all changed in the last eighteen months. How we consume our media—it's completely changed. You've got to keep readdressing that. Um, and then I will help them with their communication. So any outbound communication. Um, from social media to blogs to podcasts um, to press coverage. Mm. That's that's really yeah. yeah, it's a really interesting point. I think that that certainly as we've we've seen, um, obviously we you know kind of a, a, quite a shock in change in the way that we work as a result of experiences over the last um, sort of year, two years now almost, and we're kind of gradually coming back, and it's that kind of hybrid of people sort of moving from being at home to perhaps working in the office. So you are right that people are definitely changing their habits, definitely changing what they do, how they work. Um, So it is really important to also make sure that as businesses, we're adjusting what we're talking about, when we're talking about it. This huge, huge transition I can, I can see is coming certainly in the work I'm, I'm looking at as well. Yes. So um, thinking about kind of client examples, what kind of clients do you typically work with and what, do you, do you have some kind of case studies or, or things that you can sort of demonstrate how how, how you help and, and create these great, great brand reputations? Um, I work with a, a vast array of different sized businesses that one thing they all have in common is they are um, they are B2C. So they work with consumers and it could be products or services. But I describe them as as lifestyle because it's it's everything that we would use in our in our day-to-day lives Mm. so anything from I've worked with schools through to interior designers to charities to accountants um to to yoga retreats and and um instructors you know it's very very diverse but they're all things that you and I would use or come across I should say in our day-to-day lives Um, excellent and I love it I mean what what I particularly love and I think that's one of the reasons I really enjoy what I do is the fact that when you work with a client, you really get under the skin of their business. It mm. um, doesn't matter what size they are, whether you're dealing with the business owner or whether you're dealing with marketing department. And um, you can you, you delve deep and you become so passionate about that business and you, you sort of you become part of that, the business team. And I love getting to know all these different areas and industries and, and what sits behind them and you know, business, the, the why, why they're doing what they do. So it's, it's fascinating. Every day feels different, which Excellent. I love. No, I love that. I, I can relate to some of those those things. I, I enjoy that as well. And those light bulb moments where, where things work and it all kind of comes together and um, you know everything sort of works together as one. It's, it's awesome. What, what would you say is the best part of your job? Is, was that what you've just described or Ooh. is there something else that you that you really enjoy do you know it probably is that I love that um building that rapport building that relationship you've got to be very very open and honest with each other and and you've got to earn the trust because there's a lot of things that you're lots of information you're privy to which isn't public 
public knowledge and um, you're there to to support that business and to um, you, you work on your objectives and you want the business to grow and so it's that sort of passion that it rubs off onto you and and yes I just love getting to know the, the business owners and getting to know their business and watching it grow and thrive. Yeah, I think it's one of the great things about small business owners, that that passion or that sparkle that comes through where they, they just love what they what they do and they're so kind of invested in it. I, I really enjoy that mm. too. It's um it's really inspiring. And I guess I've I've got to ask the opposite question. So what's what's your least favourite part of, of what you do? <laughs> um I'd love to say, oh there's nothing. But I think it's more of a frustration um, and that is in the world of media, nothing is guaranteed. Um, you can have a brilliant story that you've um, spoken to a range of journalists or a publication and it's going to go to print and, you know, everything is certain until it's not when suddenly the article has to get pulled, whether it's for space reason or whether it's because um, the edit- editor gets final say or maybe something happened and wants, you know, needs to, they need the space in the paper to replace it with something maybe major like coronavirus, um, mm-hmm. just that small little thing. And um, it's frustrating, frustrating because you've got no control over that and you've done a brilliant job and, you, and I always feel like I've let my client down. Um, but it's something it's just the nature of the beast sadly in the world that I work in yeah definitely I can, yeah I can see how how frustrating that would be for sure who who inspired you to start out into the world of marketing is there is there someone at college or kind of friend or family member that kind of triggered your interest within the industry um I actually did some work experience in a PR agency a very very long time ago <laughs> and I don't know um well, first of all, I loved working in that agency and that's definitely set me on the sort of the path that I'm on today. But I actually don't know where that initial idea came from. Um, I think it was probably a passing comment. And then because I'm just the sort of person I am, I wanted to do something different to what my peers were doing. Um, so I sort of started researching and then yes, did some work experience and then that was it, committed. Excellent. <laughs> oh, that's great. And obviously many or not so many years later obviously you bring together all of those experiences that you, you mentioned earlier which is which is brilliant so what I also like to try and do is to share some tips of the small business owners out there or people who perhaps are thinking of making that leap from the corporate world into perhaps working for themselves I know that there's lots of coverage in in the news and, and media <laughs> so in your world around people perhaps taking time over the last couple of years or so to reevaluate how they move forward what's important to them so if there's anyone listening out there who's thinking of, of setting up a small business not necessarily within the PR sector it could be florist interior designer cafe accountancy HR and anything in between but if there's somebody who's who's looking to start out what would be what would be the one piece of advice that you'd you think is really important that they they need to consider oh goodness um it's very difficult to narrow down one piece of advice I mean first of all you you if it's, it's if it's an itch you've got to scratch, I think you've got to do it. And you know, not wanting to hark on about coronavirus and the the, the sort of almost two years we've just had, I think we've all learnt a lot. And maybe that's that if you've got this passion and, and something you want to pursue, that you really should. You know, all things being equal, I'm not saying rush headlong without thinking it through, but you should give it a go. Um, and there's, there's a sort of I'm going to get this wrong, but there's a sort of saying that is. Um, Real entrepreneurs will jump off the cliff and build the parachute as they fall. Yeah. Um, and there is a certain element to you're always playing catch up. You're, you're having to learn so much when you've come from a corporate environment. But it's definitely 
So that it's a worthwhile journey and the learnings you make, you will never unlearn. Um, so that would be my advice to, to take, if you can, to take, to take that chance. I think we've all learned to, you know, oh, Gorney, you get one life, don't you? And if it's really is a passion and you want to follow it, I think you should. Then I'm going to contradict myself <laughs> because I also think um, baby steps would be my advice. And that doesn't mean... Um, sort of dwell on things for too long but actually sometimes when you see when you if you're overwhelmed and you can't see how you're ever going to get out of a situation and maybe it's to get out of corporate into your um the business you want to run then that's when I would say actually do baby steps break it down and nothing is ever so daunting when you've broken it down and you can see a sort of a clear path ahead of you mm. so I know that's a bit contradictory I hope I've explained <laughs> it in such a way that it's not no I know what you mean sometimes actually 80 percent is good enough um I remember someone saying that to me when I very first started out that actually you doesn't things don't have to be 100 percent correct because you can evolve you know thinking perhaps about a website or just starting with social media channels or something like that just to make a start and get going mm. and and evolve and be prepared to shift and change as you you have yes. experience I think it's, it's important it's what's it progress not perfection yes yeah. yes I like that I like that so Fiona because you're going to be joining us as a co-host on the show I thought it would be good today to perhaps try and find out a little bit more about you so we obviously talked a little bit there about your business journey um, and, and kind of what you do and how you help people and we'll, we'll come back to that in just a second um, after the first piece of music but um, I thought it'd be quite fun to, to give you some quick fire questions um, I should say if you're listening at the moment we don't unfortunately have a, a webcam but Fiona is looking a little daunted right I'm now. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you a couple of really quick questions and just off the top of your head, just just tell me what you think. Shoot, go on So then. do you like Marmite or not like Marmite? Oh, Marmite fan. Yeah? yeah absolutely. Oh, Blur or Oasis? Blur. Uh, football or rugby? Rugby. Tea or coffee? Coffee, yeah, all the way. <laughs> <laughs> I can't function without it. Cats or dogs? Dogs. It has to be dogs. Yeah. Oh. I'm sorry, cat owners out there, but yeah, it's dogs. Um, and beach or ski holiday? Oh, now that is a tricky one. I think if it's the winter, then it has to be ski. <laughs> if it's summer, it has to be beach. Oh, that's sitting oh, on the fence, out, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with skiing. Excellent. Cool. Okay, and I'm going to ask one final thing. Tell us one unusual thing about you. Oh, unusual. Um, okay, well, there's, I was going to say not many people would know this and there's no reason why you should, but actually I keep alpacas. Um, uh-huh. So I have, I've only got two, um, and they are very big sheep. <laughs> they're, they're, um, we've got a little bit of a sort of a small field next to us and they're supposed to keep the grass down. Um, but how, how does that work out? It's not really working out. They're just absolutely adorable. They're um, they're very, very inquisitive and they're always pulling faces. So I think of them more as being therapy. You just go and sit with them for a little while and Excellent. they put everything back into perspective. Excellent. Oh, do you know what? In the, the half term that we've just had, we went to Whipsnade Zoo and we found a ostrich. Um, and he was hilarious because he kept pulling this funny face. Um, so I imagine your, yes. your alpacas are, are pretty much the therapy. same. Yes. <laughs> So, um, and one final question: um, what, What's your um, top TV? What, what are you watching on TV at the moment? What's your your hot favourite thing well, to be watching right now? I don't watch much television, but I have to say, at the moment, um, I'm watching a. I think it's Netflix. It's awful. I really can't remember. Um, and it's called Made. Okay. And um, I stumbled across it. Um, I've probably not watched 
nearly as much as anyone else and whenever I'm having discussions with friends and they're always talking about the latest this and the latest that I have to say I'm really really not up to speed I'm about a couple of years behind so I've got no idea when it came out Um, but it's made as in um, M-A-I-D and it's absolutely gripping Um, it's set in um, Seattle on the west coast of America and um, it's a woman who's in a um, about a woman in an abusive relationship um, and it's quite raw, but it's, it's, oh, I cannot tell you that insightful and, um, the journey and just what she has to go through. It's a real, real eye opener and, um, it's, it can be uncomfortable viewing, but it's, if it sounds awful, but it's, it's good because I feel like it's opening everyone's eyes to what it's like to be in that situation. Yeah. Okay. But I still no, recommend I, I have, it. I haven't yes. seen that, so I, sh- I shall go and check that out. I'm a bit like you. I'm a bit behind everything. I think we're just catching up on Spooks, which I think has been around for <laughs> over 10 years. So there you go. I think I think we're That's maybe a, a bit one. similar in that way. Um, and I know you also listen to quite a lot of podcasts. Um, so, and today I think you were going to recommend the Digital Marketing Podcast. Yes. So how did you come across it? Why, why did you like it? Well, again, I stumbled across it. Um, I seem to find a lot of podcasts that then finish and and never get continued so I don't know what that says about (laughs) me but I love a lot of the lifestyle podcasts um, and I find it fascinating and maybe this is my sort of marketing background that um, I love listening to things which perhaps aren't meant for my demographic because I feel it's really interesting to learn what other people's discussion points are but from a marketing point of view I absolutely love the digital marketing podcast Again, I'm not a digital marketeer, but it so relates to what I do. And I think it's just a really good way for me to learn um, and, and think sort of and, and what's the word sort of increase my knowledge on a really, really broad spectrum, because I wouldn't want to listen to a podcast on public relations purely, because although there's stuff I still need to learn there, it's it's too close to what I do. And I like the release of listening to something different. Mm. Um, and they really do talk about everything you know, even if you think, oh, I don't need, need oh, excuse me, if I don't need digital marketing, um, they talk about things like emails. Well, we all email. And in yeah. fact, um, they interviewed someone the other day. Um, and I have to share this with you because I was properly blown away. And she, I think, I can't remember her name, but she's called the Email Queen. And okay. she was, uh, she's written a book, which I could tell you more but um you'll have to go and look it up and it's about the fact that we don't really have an email etiquette and it's just grown and and actually how most of us use email wrong but she was saying that um they've worked out how many hours in our life we spend on emails i bet it's huge it is shocking so i hope you're sitting down um anyway the hours equate to six years six years of our life on email so um you know, that's what I mean. This digital marketing podcast just can relate to every every area of our life. Absolutely, it's fascinating. Yeah, definitely. Wow. No. Oh, well, that sounds good. I shall I shall check that out as well. It's been brilliant over the last couple of weeks. We've had some great book and podcast recommendations. I'm going to have to start finding <laughs> some more time to to be reading. I think. Oh. So thank you so much for introducing yourself, Thefiana. It's been great to understand a little bit more about you do uh, about what you do, um, and obviously to to hear a bit more about you as well. Um, you've chosen a song for us today. I have to say, Barry Manilow. What were you thinking? <laughs> but I know there's a reason why you've chosen it. So I think you've chosen Copacabana. 
Manor by Barry Manilow. I have. Please don't uh, judge me by that. It's um, Well, firstly, I'm afraid I love cheesy music. I know there's a time and place for it, but, you know, who doesn't like to just crank up the volume and have a good old dance around the kitchen or whatever when proper, proper cheesy songs come on? So that's, that's I suppose, one of my reasons. I had a very... Um, I had lots of cheesy songs that I could have chosen, but I chose this one partly because it reminds me of my childhood, um, but also because um, I love that he's telling a story. Um, you know, it's amazing that someone, this sort of the storytelling that goes on set to music. How do you do that? It's just fascinating. But also, as you know, someone who works in public relations and communications, storytelling is, is key to what we do. When I'm um, writing a press release, it's about pulling out a hook from from talking to the business owner um, about you know whether it's a launch or a, a product or a new service or or just some element um, in their in their business lives that they want to share so I have to pull out the hook and turn it into a story so I suppose it's 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 something I just I love listening to stories and I love writing stories too in that Excellent. respect Okay, I'll let you off that one then. (laughs) Brilliant. All right, so we have um, Copacabana by Barry Manilow. Thank you.
Hello and welcome back. You're listening to Sophie Comas on the River Radio Let's Talk Business show. Thank you ever so much for listening in this afternoon. Today we have a fantastic small business owner, the brilliant Fiona Johnson, join us. So far we've heard a little bit more from Fiona about her business and understand a little bit more about what she's doing. Um, of course, if you have missed part of the show today, then you can listen again on Catch Up via the website, which is river.radio, or as a podcast via Alexa, Apple or Google. And of course, if you want to get in touch about any of the discussions we're having on the show today, please do drop me an email to sophie at river.radio. So, Fiona, welcome back. Hello. Hello again. I hope you all enjoyed a bit of Barry Manilow. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, so, Fiona, we, we obviously talked a little bit about what you do right now, how you can help your customers and what kind of things you do um, in helping them to create um, a positive brand reputation. Interested to explore perhaps a little bit more about how you how you got to where you are now, how you ended up working as a freelance consultant. So what's what was your business journey? What, what career path did you take to get here today? Um, well, as I think I mentioned, I, I did some work experience um, back between between exam, public exams, um, back in the day. And um, I, I sort of, it was like um, sort of, a, 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 yes, a light bulb. I suddenly thought, yes, this is what I want to do. Um, and then I went to work for um, quite a big agency, actually, um, and um, stayed there for a good few years. And this was back late 80s, early 90s. Um, it was all shoulder pads and, um, <laughs> you know, it was, it was that sort of time of, of, gosh, it actually doesn't look that good anymore. But, you know, we had a different perception. We've, we've learned a lot, but it was very much a sort of the, the corporate world. Um, and I worked on um, some big clients like um, IBM. Excellent. So quite big. Yeah. And Must have been um, some challenges there. <laughs> yes. um, and that was, um, it was wonderful and I learned an awful lot. And, and um, that's where I got a really good grounding in public relations. Um, and then I've I've always followed the same sort of vein, but I've worked um, for agencies, I've worked in-house, I've done some freelance work, I've worked for marketing consultancies, I've worked in events, and I've also worked in the um, music industry as well. So oh, wow. it's quite diverse. Um, and let me just say, it's very difficult choosing um, only two <laughs> tracks for this, this wonderful show when you've, um, I think it's bad enough, I think anyone would find it tough, but when you've got a, a background in working for a record industry, um, in the industry rather, it's, it's tough. I struggled, <laughs> I really struggled. But it's a, it's a very broad, um, broad background and yet it's all, I think it all leads to, to one thing and then um, that's kind of what I, why I do what I do now. Excellent. So what, what made you perhaps leave the agency life and start up, up, up? For yourself, was there, was there a trigger or, or did you just kind of fall into it? Um, a trigger that perhaps lots of you will relate to, and that is called babies. <laughs> uh-huh, yes. um, because it, obviously things have changed an awful lot since um, when I first had my first child. And it was um, quite difficult, just particularly, well, just where I was at that time, um, for no real reason. Um, I can't point my finger at one thing, but just the, the whole sort of the package didn't work. So I... Um, I took some time out, had my uh, had my children, raised my family, and then it came. You know, I, I came. I knew I wanted to still go back into into work, and I suppose that's when. And I think so many people will identify with this. That's when actually working for yourself is is a fabulous option, mm. um, but it's quite a brave one because although I came out of corporate. I was aware that I'd had a you know, I'd pressed pause for a little while. And so one's always yes. nervous about how one gets back into it. You feel like you're starting from zero. And also 
I don't think I'm alone here, but you really lack in confidence. Mm. That's very, I, th- I think that's very tricky. I think a lot of people have to overcome that. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, I mean, my, my, my story is fairly similar. I was made redundant, parted on great terms, but the, the trigger very much was as a result of um, family life. So I think it does often act as that trigger to, to make a change and to do something different that, that works around different commitments and different responsibilities. And certainly if I look around my colleagues and friends and things, that sort of mindset and confidence piece amongst mums that have have perhaps taken a bit of a career pause as you as you nicely put it to go and then come back into the workplace is it can be really tricky and really daunting so yeah definitely agree with you but I think there's there's lots more support out there now I think things are changing and evolving and, and there's lots of support out there to help mums to come back into the workplace and, absolutely and do something different which is great to see yeah it is a different really landscape out there um, and I suppose also I've always had fingers in pies. I'm not very good at sitting still. So I've actually <laughs> done a couple of other things um, along the way. And um, so, yes, it wasn't a complete sort of um, zero back end, you know, zero to 100 quick, uh, quick decision. But um, it's definitely a journey. And I think confidence is a big, big part of mm, that. Definitely. No, I, th- I think you're right. Is there anything that you wish you'd known when you, you first started out? I mean, you, you talked earlier about some advice that you give somebody if, if somebody was listening wanting to make that transition into perhaps working for themselves but is there one thing that you wish oh you know what if I'd known x I'd have just got to y much quicker or it would have been a a smoother ride or um something um yes I suppose it was the fact that I always wanted to do something so when I had my children I was slightly sort of chomping at the bit to um to you know I had to have an outlet for my my career if you like or just the way that you know that part of my brain um and I wish I'd known that it would have been there was no rush in Mm. that respect and just to enjoy I know everyone says this but enjoy your children they're only (laughs) young once and I absolutely did and if they're listening um please know that I really did enjoy it but I wish I'd enjoyed it with more of a clear conscience I suppose because um and I think also there's a there's a pressure from oh is it a pressure there's a society does have influence on how you are perceived and I think again that's changing Mm. um but we are talking quite a long time ago and um the world is a very different place now yeah definitely I think for me during that time whilst I was perhaps having a slightly slower career wise time that's where I discovered voluntary work and got a lot more involved in charity work um and it's something which has always been quite important actually really if I look all the way through but in particular since I had my eldest son so you know all of these things do come back round mm. in the end don't they and it's really nice to be able to do those kind of things and have the capacity for it yes um, yeah. so yes it, it's all you know I think everyone in wherever you are in your life there's a sort of there's a slot and and, and you make it work mm, definitely um, it's like the benefit of hindsight I suppose isn't it? <laughs> yeah that's a wonderful thing isn't it <laughs> so if we think about you know we've talked a lot about what you're doing now we've talked a lot about kind of your your clients and how you can help them what what does the future hold for you what what ambitions do you have as we move into 2022 and it really does feel like we're thundering towards Christmas and the new year <laughs> dare I say it <laughs> um I'm I, for, for my business, I'm really hopeful that we will get back into doing um, more live, and I say events, but I suppose what I mean by that is is launches, and or it might be a pop-up shop, or just those kind of things whereby um, I can really help a business or a marketing team, because I quite often work with marketeers 
um, just really, really um, create that visibility and that amplification of what they're trying to do. Mm. And I think it's a, a we're learning that um, with marketing, you you can't just tr- do one channel. Mm. You need a couple of channels to work together. Um, towards the same end goal and it's that all those different touch points and that's where public relations really fits in with that definitely yeah I think you're right I was I was lucky enough to go to um, houses of parliament two or three years ago so pre-covid obviously um, and the CIM were having so the Chartered Institute of Marketing were having having a debate over the future of marketing and what that looked like and it was really quite amazing that you within the marketing department and arena if you like you have such a diverse requirement of skill sets from being able to analyze data and campaign performance through to creating brands through to connecting with people you know Mm. in the way that you do with media and PR and um, then obviously the normal sort of website social media email methods of communication that you might think about so if you look at the personality ability required to deliver all of those skill sets they were kind of saying well actually the marketing department is such a, a broad range of, of skills that you need that it's yes. um, yeah it was interesting. I'd never really quite put the pieces but together I th- before. I think people get really daunted by marketing because it is such a broad term and they don't know where they should be starting, literally. Mm. Um, and so maybe they start with social media because that's a really obvious place. Um, and then they might move into paper clicks or, or, or advertising or something like that. But I think what public relations really does is it um, works on that emotive side Um, And that's why it supports so many of these other um, uh, uh, platforms. Um, And but it's very difficult with emotive because you can't measure it. Yes. Um, So you can look at all the data and you can see spikes. But it's also worth knowing, did those spikes tie in with um, an an in-person event or did they tie in with an article in the Daily Mail and things like that? Because the other thing about public relations is you're not talking about selling so when you read an article, it will, you know, it won't be like an advert which says, buy me, I'm great. Um, so again, it's much more emotive and it comes back to that storytelling piece I was mentioning earlier. Um, but it but it still works. You've, you've got to have some two-pronged attack. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> so I know we're going to come in, um, in just a moment and talk about some of the challenges that we're seeing for the marketing industry as we come into 2022 um, in just a moment. But before we do that, we've got another song that you've chosen, which is Viva La Vida by Coldplay. Excellent. Is, is there a, a reason behind behind your choice? Yes, I just wanted you to... <laughs> I thought I'm going to find a, a song with a really difficult pronunciation. <laughs> no, um, this one goes back to, in fact, you know, having just talked about it, um, my children. And um, we used to have quite a long journey to, to school because we are, we're quite rural, rural where we live. And I used to find myself collecting kids along the way and I would always have a very, very full car. Um, and... Um, there were two songs that all, whenever they came on the radio, I'd just see all these heads bopping up, bobbing up and down in my rearview mirror, and it just brings back very, very um, fond memories. I think the introduction of this is just fabulous, and that's what got them all wound up in a good way before <laughs> I dropped them off at school. Um, but interesting, I couldn't decide between um, the two tracks, and so um, 
being a communicator, I did a poll on Instagram Excellent. and it was Coldplay that won. So that helped me make the decision. Oh. So um, this is also for all my followers and thank you for <laughs> voting. And I love that. I mean, that's what, you know, it's, it's about engagement, isn't it? And I love that. I, so I feel that they've been involved in the process of me sitting here today. And so, yes, we've got some Coldplay. Excellent. What a great, what a great story. What was the other song out of interest you were going to choose? Oh, <laughs> it was The Killers, um, ah. Human. So, um, yes, maybe another time we'll get yeah, to play well, that there one. there we go. Yeah, we'll have to bank that one for another <laughs> yes. time. So, no, that's brilliant. So we've got Viva La Vida um, by Coldplay. Enjoy. When I gave the word Now in the morning I sleep alone Sweep the streets I used to own Oh, 
Radio, Let's Talk Business show. Thank you for listening in today. Today we have the fantastic small business owner, the brilliant Fiona Johnson, who's a PR consultant, who's joining us this afternoon. Welcome back, Fiona. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That was lovely. <laughs> we were all just bouncing up and down. Absolutely. Just that. kind of moving along there. Um, like your, your children in the back of your car. I've got visions in my head now. Um, don't forget, if you have missed part of today's show, you can listen again via the website, which is river.radio, or as a podcast via Alexa, Apple, or Google. And if, of course, if you want to get in touch about any of the discussions we're having on the show today, please do drop me an email to sophie at river.radio. Now, there are many challenges facing small business owners today, and over the last few weeks, we have explored quite a lot of those. So whether it's well-being, the environmental factors, there's obviously been lots going on in the wider um, environment as well, which are impacting those, Um, some macro challenges and things. But I know one of the key challenges, Fiona, that you mentioned in in some of our kind of pre-show conversations was around influencer fatigue. So it's something that you're particularly seeing within your your industry and your business and, and the work you're doing with your, your customers. So I guess for our, our listeners out there, what, what do you mean by influencer? Um, perhaps if we start there. Yes. So um, influencers are, um, they're a, I was going to say celebrities, but they're not always celebrities. They are, maybe they've become celebrities, but they are people who are, um, who work promoting brands and um, you see them a lot on Instagram but, or, or social media Um and I suppose it, you know, back in the day, it would have been someone um, in the press, maybe wearing a or carrying a nice handbag or something, and you'd have to sort of dig quite deep to find out where was that handbag from. But now it's it's a profession, if you like, in its own right. Mm. Um, and influencers probably crept in um, to our world, and we weren't that aware of the fact we were being influenced by mm. um, the brands behind them. But now it's it's a business, and um, I think. As, as public, as consumers, we're much more aware of this whole, um, you know, of being influenced by influencers. And um, the impact they can have is, is huge. But I think influencer fatigue has come about because it's kind of like a cycle and it's more, I'm, I'm aware of it rather than it being a major issue. And I think people genuinely are becoming aware that um for example, let's just go back to that handbag scenario um, at, at, um, on Instagram because people are suddenly aware that, or a face cream or something, they're aware that the person promoting that is actually being paid. Um, yeah. And it doesn't mean to say that they're doing anything wrong. You know, they're only going to support that product if they believe in it. So it's not a negative in that respect. It's not fake in any way. But I think it's just sort of people are becoming a little bit more aware of it and perhaps it's raising a few red flags and... Um, so, so, there's, there's so I guess if you, if you have a big following in social media or something like that, so you, your your message or your promotion of that item has a, has a wide reach, yes. um, for example. I think quite often now is what people do say, oh, this is a, a promotional or a sponsored um, post. That's right. Don't, don't they? So the law changed, um, I think it was um, a, 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 not that long ago. But um, So yes, you have to say whether it's an ad or a paid partnership or something like that. But I think should have that that aside, I think generally the public are looking for meaningful content, mm. um, and people want 
we want in, we want to be we want to read stuff that's genuine and heartfelt and it comes back to that emotiveness again and i think companies are also recognizing that they need to be meaningful people want to um things at a deeper level yeah um, rather than a surface level oh buy this 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 is great and so well, why is it great what's it do and then it also comes back into that sort of whole social responsibility as well because not only people want meaningful content, um, we're much more aware of a society. And I think businesses and brands want to be contributing back into that society. And so that might be through the meaningful content that is doing good. Mm. Yeah, no, that's it, it's an interesting concept because I hadn't hadn't necessarily thought about the influence of fatigue, but you definitely pick on a couple of things there that if we start to think about well, what you know what does twenty twenty two start to look like, um, I think there's definitely going to be lots of change on the horizon as a result of some of the experiences that we've had over over recent times. But that idea of sort of being authentic, I think, is really is a really important message. So the idea that as a brand, if you're sharing content or you're sharing stories that they are true they are authentic and and allow people to connect into uh, to connect in, to, in with the brands yes i mean the easiest um customers to um the easiest way to get customers is to keep the ones you've got mm. and if you can and that comes back to the, the brand and what you represent and your messaging um and if you can create that loyalty and the fact that you're all on the same page and i think that's where if you can see um a brand that you like doing some good and it's the same good that you believe in and it's a cause you believe in and I don't mean down to the exact charity but just as sort of in the general picture and you can see them being real mm. um, which I know all these things are buzzwords but the point is they're, they, they really do mean something and then you're more, much more likely as a customer to stay loyal to a brand that you can see is doing the good that you believe in. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. I'm seeing lots of articles um, over the, over recent weeks, for sure, where people are taking time to re- or have taken time to reevaluate what's important for them, to proactively choosing to engage or work with or buy from um, businesses who have same similar ethical values to themselves. So whether that's from an environmental perspective, whether that's from a charity perspective, but I think you're right that CSR piece mm. is is becoming ever increasingly important. Or, or it might even be in the product itself. Um, the, you know the, the fact that um, there are chutneys being made out of waste, leftover food, and and things like that. So it's not necessarily in how that business supports a charity it's actually in in the actual makeup of the business itself Um, and we're all much more aware of that and and where products are made where do they come from what's the how are they made is is it are they paying enough are they looking after their staff you know not just abroad but in the UK too yeah no definitely we had um, Vicky from Money Row Beans come onto the show a couple of weeks back and obviously within the coffee industry that's a really important Uh, element of making sure that people get a fair wage um, outside of the UK obviously within the UK there's certain sort of regulations yeah. and things that people have to adhere to so it's really interesting seeing how that impacts different different small business owners but that sort of idea of authenticity um, being as you say real um, making sure that the CSR and environmental impacts are are really important and it's not like you said it's not just in the makeup and the um, the paying of, of teams but it's also in the way that you dispose of things as well yes. you know print for example within the marketing industry is a great example of that 
well, how, you know, how do you dispose of the inks that you don't use? How do you sp- dispose of paper so, or, or reuse and recycle paper? So all of those challenges are definitely coming, coming into, yes. Yes, into the fore. We're so much more aware. Um, and you, know, you have to start somewhere. So awareness is, is a great place to start. And now we need to start making some changes and, and taking action. Definitely. Um, and, and we're going to so that will definitely be my forecast for 2022. <laughs> Excellent. I think there's other things. I mean, there's, there's other challenges around sort of generating more leads. You touched earlier around reporting. Um, it's obviously a lot of the work that you do is around creating a brand perception and a relationship. And that becomes more difficult to say, well, if I invest X amount in doing that, I'm going to get Y back. So that whole kind of idea of how do you generate leads and how do you quantify the success of that is there any sort of I think you mentioned a couple of things earlier but is there any ways that you're seeing your clients being able to you know in some cases justify to boards or more senior owners mm. or senior leaders within in their teams how, how are your clients sort of demonstrating demonstrating yes. the value with that so one of the things well a, a buzzword I think will be sorry my prophecy for a buzzword for 2022 (laughs) is the word relationship and I know we've mentioned it a couple of times but I think that's just going to be huge and whether that's you know so let's use it in this example that's the the business and the and the customer and the relationship between them so it comes back to the messaging it comes back to what we were just touching on in um, the whole CSR piece Um, but it also comes back into um, how you find leads and I suppose what I'm what I'm thinking is we've all we've gone digital and digital is good and there's so much we can learn from digital and we can see patterns and we can analyze the data but this comes back to that whole emotive piece how do you actually know what your customers are thinking and feeling without speaking to them Mm. and I think there's there's a nod to going back to speaking to your customers and and personalizing and and therefore the word relationship having that relationship with your customers. And it, it, and I'm not talking about necessarily picking up the phone, although that helps. It might be on the shop floor that you talk to them. Um, just, you know, have a quick chat, find out how they are, where their interests are, what they feel about your brand or something. But also it can be emails. And I think it's really important that that, I'm not talking about a blanket email. I'm talking about a proper personalised email to a handful of your, your key clients and customers to really find out from the horse's mouth what's going on in their life and and their why and why they came to you um, so that you can still use the data you've got, but you can look at it um, from both perspectives and analyse that that emotive piece as well. So yeah. that's so I'm going to say relation, that's one of the sort of broad term relationships. Yeah, I think you're right. I've had a couple of experiences recently where I've had an engagement with a business and, and you literally cannot cannot connect with a human being you cannot email them you cannot you know you've got a question or something isn't quite working out and you've got no way of actually connecting with them so you're right from a business perspective that doesn't give me any feedback as to perhaps what's working what's not working with the tool or it was a a marketing tool I was using Mm. I I won't say which one on air but um, it's a marketing tool I was using and I wanted to you know it it wasn't working it wasn't doing what it should do and, and what I wanted it to do but I couldn't actually get through to anybody to say, well, what's gone on here? Can you help me? Because obviously the machine is so large that it, it just wouldn't facilitate yes. that. It's like, <clears throat> so. it's like those bots 
those little chat boxes and bots that you get. And I'm sure I'm not alone when you know, I find myself shouting at the screen <laughs> because the question I want to ask is just not there and yes. there's no other way of getting through to people. And I know we're talking, you know, this is sort of bit chalk and cheese. We're talking really you know, big corporates that tend to do that. But, um, you know, you can't beat that human touch, those relationships. And if you can offer that as a service um, in your business, then I think you'll, you'll go far. Yeah, and I think that's where small businesses really win over the large organisations because from a cost and a process perspective, a lot of large corporate businesses have tried to kind of um, almost automate all of those processes to gather all of that information with the aim of providing a good service. But actually, in the reality, often the reverse happens. Mm. Whereas a small business owner, if you have more direct contact with your client, that actually brings you um, into yes. a, a far more positive position and therefore more more clients and, and people will come back to you and return to you so I mean you think so sometimes when you pick up the phone which I know is a rare thing now to speak to a business and you get the actual business owner maybe that's the, the designer behind quite a big brand or something you know, it makes you feel really special when they've answered the phone and they give you the time of day and as small business owners we can do that mm. we know how it feels to be a customer in that situation so it's something that we should be able to do without really thinking too hard about it yeah no makes makes a lot of sense what you're saying the other um couple of things that i sort of picked up a bit more recently and obviously these things are starting to 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 come to the fore as as we head towards the the new year but you know thinking outside of the box being creative trying to be different and i think that's just been a, a, a an example of a lot of the experiences that small businesses have had to take over the last two years or so they've had to pivot businesses in many many circumstances I think that phrase is a little overused yes, but, but it's true it, it, it describes is, it you know yeah. that ability to be flexible and change and respond to the environment has been has been incredible mm. and there's some amazing stories out there of people that have done incredible things to to really continue to be there for their their clients and customers and survivors as businesses but also the other thing that I've noticed just really taking what you were saying a bit further about the idea of relationships is having ownership of of your own data so having your own email list as a small business owner having that one-to-one contact is really important rather than relying on some of the you know the social media channels for example to to have your following and they decide who sees your messages and and what they see and when they see it so Mm. having that ownership yes and that's also important goes back to that relationship and it's a direct relationship rather than, yes, just a number of followers and um, they, they, they might blur after a while because you've got lots of followers. Um, and also, I was just going to say, don't forget things like um, mail. You, know, you mustn't forget My that goodness, actually, what was that, Fiona? You know, you know, going <laughs> Snail back, mail. Because things like that, yes, lumpy mail, as it's now called, you know, actually don't dismiss it because um, it's, it's straight into the sort of heart of, a, of your customer. And because it's rare, you really remember if you receive a letter or, or something in the post from a client. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm a big advocate of that. It's a, a conversation that I have relatively frequently to really get that stand out. Mm. We almost seem to have gone full circle in many ways that, yes, the digital piece definitely has a play a part to play. But as you say, if you actually receive something in the mail, it's like, wow, I've actually got a letter or an invite for something. Absolutely. It's really exciting. And it's that emotive feeling again and that you can't put a you can't put a sort of price on that. And that's, again, building relationships, building the loyalty, building the trust, building that connection which is what, as business owners, we all want to try and do with our with our customers and clients. Absolutely. Well, it sounds like 2022 is going to be quite a busy year, but is there is there anything else that you, you sort of see on the horizon for your, for your world in the world of PR? World of PR. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see what's going to happen with the way that media is consumed. 
when you know mm. we touched on it that um, we've got sort of hybrid working at the moment. Um, whether that's here to stay, I, I actually hope so. I think it's good. You know, it's a healthy life as much um, and that work life balance. Um, but I'm I'm curious to see what's what's going to happen playing out and how we use media in a different way and also um, what new whether it's publications or blogs, podcasts, radio stations, what new ones are on the horizon. I think it's exciting times ahead. Yeah, definitely. Life sounds awesome. Brilliant. So um, we're, we're just about coming to the close of the show there, Fiona, I think. Um, so before we play our last track, thanks, thank you ever so much for joining me today on the River Radio Let's Talk Business show. It's been fantastic to hear about your business, um, the journey you've taken, and to obviously explore some of the debates and, and challenges that we have um in your in your industry on on the couple of months ahead if someone wanted to find out a little bit more about you what's the best way for them to do that uh they can um look me up on my website which is fionajohnson.co.uk and johnson is j-o-h-n-s-o-n um or connect with me on linkedin and um instagram i'm really enjoying instagram at the moment so i'm having a lot of fun with it so if you fancy having a laugh do do follow (laughs) me on instagram and i'm at um fee johnson pr Excellent, um, and I'm very much looking forward to being back as a as a co-host. I know, this is a I, great I, introduction. Yeah, me too. So I think you're back on the 24th. So yes, that's two weeks from today. Is that Absolutely, right? Absolutely. Yeah, looking Excellent. forward to it. Fantastic. Well, I look forward to seeing you again then. Thanks ever so much, Fiona. Thank you for having me. Excellent. So next week, as we build our focus on small businesses, we have another um, amazing small business owner joining us. It's actually a charity. We have Rebecca Mystery from the Baby Bank joining us they do some amazing work to help support families in need across the local area so we look forward to hearing all about that and their christmas campaign that they've got coming up next week if you have any questions about today's show or you have a question you'd like me to ask rebecca please drop me an email at sophie at river radio sorry river dot radio we also have some more great shows coming up across the network um, over the next couple of days we've got shell on sunday lunchtime with mishmash we've got running also on sunday sunday morning And we've got Rachel on Tuesday with Parenting School. And of course, if you have missed part of today's show, then you can always listen again on via the website on catch up on river.radio or as a podcast via Alexa, Apple or Google. So with that, I will leave you with the brilliant Dolly Parton and I look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks very much. Tumble out of bed and I stumble to the kitchen Pour myself a cup of ambition And yawn and stretch and try to come to life Jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping Out on the streets the traffic starts jumping With folks like me on the job from nine to five Working nine to five